Oh my god. Now recording. Now recording. It, it like screamed in my ear. <laughs> now recording. <laughs> oh man. I, I don't even want to do an intro just because like it just feels like we didn't really do, an, do an we didn't do an episode last we week. Did. We did. We it did part one. Weird. I mean it was a very like uh disjointed and yeah. Just Dude, uh, that episode was a disaster. Disjointed. <laughs> it was just rambling. I guess welcome back to rambling. Casual Outlaws then. Today oh, again we're discussing outlaws. See, maybe you should never do intros, Andy. I should always do the intros. Because you're garbage person. I mean, I mean, you did like two of them where you're like speaking other languages. I See, did. At least you tried more than two. Yeah. But now you're just like not even. You're not even going to like an outro. You're just like bye. Like not yeah. even saying bye. You're just, yeah. Just Is that Irish, cool? Yeah. Irish, Irish goodbye. Irish, Irish goodbye. Yeah. Anyway, again, howdy, boys and girls. Welcome back to Casual Outlaws. We like to read books and and stuff. Some, well, not Burger. Burger doesn't do read. He just things. listens. True, Lethe man doesn't read. You're not a Lethe. I am at heart. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so we finished uh, The Way of Kings, book one of the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson uh, this week. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit here. Are we going to start from the beginning again, since everyone's no, like no, kind of no, on no. the same page no. now? No, I don't think so. There's already an hour episode for for that. And and I'll, I'll just say, like, we don't have to go about and talk talk about the first part because our our massive followers are are keeping up to date with our yeah. podcast. They're obviously <laughs> obviously on, on track. They're yeah. like, ooh, why wouldn't they be? Ooh, new video. They're, they're so loyal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first thing I guess we can talk about is uh, Chris and Nate, you were able to finish the book. Yes. Uh, you switched over to actually reading uh, manually, like some kind of pleb, pleb um, or woman, so to speak, if we're talking about this book, or ardent, maybe. Who gave you, you these to... things? Who taught you how to read these things? Yeah. I got them from you! <laughs> well, not Burger. <laughs> so... Uh, talk. You guys talk about your experience uh, switching over. Uh, talk about your opinions of the book so far, or like how you felt about it. Dude, it was so much better. Just that's all I have to say. It was so much better <laughs> because of that dude's stupid fucking voice. <laughs> Sorry, I know you really liked him, but yeah, no, I could. You're great. I could So, like, I even think that, like the woman narrator was worse. Like, I really didn't like her parts. Well, yeah, I pretty much stopped, like, two minutes into her first chapter. I was like, nope, can't do it. Yeah. And just, See, I think I it's... Think that was the most refreshing. I, I, I think I just liked, I don't know, having those voices in my head and, and leading it to my own imagination. Good. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a part of that. I think maybe... Uh, it's your first time, on the, at least on the show, having, I think, a... Well, no, I guess not. Never mind, I'll change that opinion. Um, I don't know. I think they're great. I think they fit the characters. I like sort of the seriousness of the tone, like I was saying. Um, I think it corresponds very well with like what the book is trying to do, who these people are. I think the voice... Hmm? I'm glad you enjoy the voices. Um... 
Yeah. There's not I think they're able to give other people probably love the voices too. It's just wasn't for me. I think they give every individual character sort of their unique voice within the within the text. I think it fits the characters. Um but yeah. Everybody you know can't I'll, like the yeah. same things. I'll say a positive about the narrator. Yeah, that's apparent with this podcast. And this is this is the only positive. <laughs> I felt like he stretched his voice to do um little fairy things voice. Sill, yeah. Sill. I I think he he did her voice well. Yeah, I like Sill. Sill's great. I never even that's heard it. that's Sil's my only voice. positive. Nothing okay. positive about the audiobook. Other than it's an audiobook. That's no, garbage. I mean, in general, the book was absolutely The book's trash. great. The book sucks. Yeah, no, <laughs> the audiobook's book terrible. Great. Dude, I loved it. I love the, the whole. My favorite part about the book, and I'll, I'll never stop saying this, is I love the whole Cthulhu esque type monsters and beasts and void bringers and all these crazy kind of Cthulhu demons and stuff that, are, that they fight. And Voidbringers yeah, are just Parshendi. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, like when it, well, like when he's describing the, um, when he has that vision towards the end of the battlefield when they're all surrounded and they get left, and he's like noticing like these dog-like things with the skeletal bodies and the arrowhead type heads and their claws. And I was just like, oh, like oh shit, <laughs> like oh shit. <laughs> and he's like, are those Voidbringers? But he doesn't get a solid answer and. But like I, I just like that. I liked yeah. when they were describing all these beasts and plus you know, also very Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. Dude. <laughs> Everyone's gotta you gotta have a gentle giant in a book. You can't like do this. an intro to a show, but you can memorize that name. <laughs> you garbage. It's spelled exactly <laughs> how it's pronounced. It's great. Unlike all these other names in the book. Yeah, say I it mean, again. Say his name again. Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore? Say it is again. Why do you want me to say it so many times? Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. Because I want to see if fuck up. <laughs> oh, you mean like three times fast? Yeah, I don't think I can do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I really liked about being able to reread this book is that it sort of reinforces like how much everything has been planned out and paid attention to. I think that's a... I think that's a big thing that's that I like in books is I think that your book should always have questions for your readers, but the big questions have to be like what's going to happen to your characters, not how the fuck does any of this make any sense? Like there's so much t time spent into the world building in this talking about like oh, you know, what is their staple food pr products? Um, you know, beasts of burden and so like everything being like weird versions of snails makes sense when you think about like the how the high storms work how it's always like causing large amounts of moisture and uh humidity to be in the sequence Each and you sort of see snails or crab well crabs snails crabs, i think both snails snails are are they're not amphibians they're um fuck i forgot what they were called but like matter. bugs doesn't matter are they really bugs it doesn't matter. <laughs> Are they not though? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess snails 
isn't necessarily the right word, but they're they're very like crustacean like. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, this makes sense because they'll have the hardened carapace that makes it easier for them to survive things hitting their like hitting them in high storms, and they have to be in public. But they're also going to be specifically adapted to um, filtering like water for nutrients, like as things do. There's all these like little bits that like. The more you know, you're like, okay, this makes sense. I see how a society has formed, and then it adds in little things with the society, like traditions, religion, all that kind of stuff, and it all just kind of feels planned out. And like having read through the first three books so far, and then going back and then like doing all this little stuff. There's so there's so many little things that I don't necessarily want to spoil. Where I'm just like, okay, I see how this was set up for something later, and I just. But I just kind of forgot about it, and it's like, oh, but this was this was being planned up. Because you it's, start seeing think, you start seeing all the little things that you didn't see before. Yeah, you're going back. Like yeah. it, it was it was there, and it made sense at the time. But it was like it could feel a little bit disjointed. But then you see how all of it stacks up on top of each other, re going through, and you and you get this clear picture of it. Kind of like going through Dresden Files again. By the time you get to book three, you're like, oh, wait, they foreshadowed all this back then. Like any, like you saying, any good writer is going to have that kind yeah. of interconnected. At least an build. outline, yeah, a detailed outline yeah. of what they want to do. Uh, what's the name of the guy that does uh, Rick and Morty? The showrunner for it, Dan Harmon. Hold on, Dan Wait, Harmon. What, what the hell happened to kicking her out, man? She just left. She was like getting ready. Oh, okay. I told her to keep it down, but I was like, "Come on, get out." Come <laughs> on, five minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, Dan Harmon did this thing where, like, he was talking about burying leads, and it's like, we just, we just keep throwing things at the board, and then when we get further down the line, it's like, oh, okay, we can see that this lead has brought us here, or we can interact with all these fan theories, and we see all these different, we see all this potential come out in this different way, and we just build upon it, and there's so many of those little leads that, as I progress further and then come back, it's like, okay, I see what was actually... I see some of the mechanism here, but it, I don't feel distracted by it. Because I think it's all in service of actually building the world up itself. It's intend to do like a 10-book... It's like a 10-book series, so... And these yeah, really. are big books. What I, well, the thing what is, I they're all part of this whole Cosmere thing, which is supposed yeah. to be like 40-ish books, apparently, is what he's planning for. I don't know. The, for the Stormlight Archives, the way I had explained to me is there's going to be um, 10 books. The first five are going to feature this Dalinar group, and then there's going to be like a time skip into the future um, for the second five. Um, but I don't know if that's still the plan or what's going on. But that's Didn't you also say that between the time skip, there's also going to be like five actual years where we have to wait or something like that? I didn't say anything like that, no. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's found an article like that um, Brandon Sanderson says he's going to spend a few years taking a break from the series after he finishes book five. Oh, maybe. The guy's a machine, but I don't know how that guy would even be able to take a break. He just keeps writing things all the time. He'll probably just write book. a different series. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, instead of just that, just take a break from Stormlight Archives as a whole and probably work on something else. Because he writes one-off novels. He's got the other Cosmere stuff, stuff going, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But so, do we want to do like a recap of the second part and then start talking about it? Burger. Sure. I mean, 
this whole the whole book is kind of about Kaladin gaining his freedom. I think I think that's the main narrative structure for the book. And then there's the also I was most excited about is seeing that growth throughout the novel. Yeah. Kaladin is betrayed and sold into slavery. We see sort of the circumstances of why he was sold into slavery. Um and sort of like the tragedy of it and how he's all he's just constantly trying to be a person who's who wants to take care of the people that are important to him. Uh but life seems to keep getting in the way of that. Um it's a lot, a of, lot guilt. of guilt into it. Yeah. And guilt's kind of like a big theme because Dalinar also has a lot of guilt. Yeah, and that's one of the things that they that they kind of talk about on the nose is where they talk about how uh guilt can be an indulgence. Um, which is like I mean that's like sort of like a profound thing we see a lot of people live in that in our own society there's nothing that's totally human that's something that carries over quite well for these characters I think yeah Dalinar became much more interesting in part 4 and 5 yeah like when he like started actioning right I I did not really like his character until the end you know you you were so yeah. you were so about him catching the uh, the sh- the claw, but I after like, that you were like, I just ah. like that whole scene as as a whole. But I just got so bored with this character when they were talking about politics and this and that. Because yeah, his like, his character is all son, like dad. for the most not, not for the most son, part, his character is all about pretty much investigation. It's just trying to find out like what yeah, is it I need just, to figure out here. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. boring up until that moment where he's like. I guess I'm gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then just I was like, like, I thought he's gonna get Ned Stark, and it, there he goes, he gets betrayed. Um, but yeah. then, but then, <laughs> yeah, my second favorite part in the book. <laughs> they join forces and they form Hold on, and the likes which have recap. never been seen. Basically, Kaladin is sold into slavery. He gets put on a bridge crew. Um, <laughs> Being on a bridge crew is a death sentence, um, as we is what we're being shown here. Um, we see our main character, like we see Kaladin, um, gain essentially magic powers using Stormlight. He's becoming one of these fabled radiant type characters. Um, we see uh, the first ideal of all Knights Radiant, um, life before death, journey before destination. Or no, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Yeah. Um, he sort of sees this ideal. Um, we learn by the end of the book that these ideals or like the powers of the Radiant are tied to Spren that seem to kind of pair up and hang out um, with their main characters. Um, but basically, Kaladin gets the power to Surge suck binds. in... Yeah, it's Surge Bind. He gets to uh he can like suck in arrows to a shield. He can kind of control the trajectory of where things fly, um, stick things to walls. Um they'll cover more of his powers in the second book. That's what's so um, silly. no, she's an honor sprint. Honor sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honor sprint. And so that's a big theme. that's a big theme. Um for Kaladin and Dalinar, they're they're both going to be have a lot to do with honor, um, and so we see how like all of Kaladin's actions have been like probably the most virtuous in terms of honor, and we can see how uh, this would attract this honor friend to him, who would form this pairing, um, and he's able to use these powers 
in order to keep his bridge team alive. Um, For the most part. When, yeah, when our other, when one of our other characters, Dalinar, decides to do joint plateau assaults with Sadius, um, Sadius betrays Dalinar by tricking Dalinar into using Sadius's bridge teams. This is where Kaladin is. Um, he basically loads Dalinar up on the other side of a plateau, pulls all the bridges, backs out, says peace, lets the enemy army uh, finish the job because he, uh, he can't get off the plane. Well, um, yeah, the reason... And also the armies, the enemy army has been adapting to their joint assault by bringing another army themselves. So that he actually gets, like, pincer maneuvered. So he's entirely surrounded. Yeah, entirely surrounded on all sides with no means of escape. And he's stuck on the um, This obviously dishonorable act um, upsets our very honorable character of Kaladin. Um, he's, but Kaladin's very conflicted because he hates Light Eyes. Light Eyes are essentially the noble class. Um, Light Eyes are people who have betrayed him. Um, so he has this hatred, but... Um, he has the so internal he, conflict. He has an internal conflict. He can go and he can save all of his men, or he can go back and save the person um, who had been betrayed because he has that option. To not save people is perhaps, is perhaps even more <clears throat> dishonorable. But than... also, um, there was two situations where he both sees Adeline and Dalinar showing some sense of honor. Previously, he saw Adeline um, save a whore yeah, from giving... an officer. I'm just uh, putting more detail in there. He just, he just, why you got to let him finish? Putting yeah, in more detail. a brief story recap. You can go in talking about how you like seeing these other bits of honor shown by Dalinar's family in a minute. Okay. Yeah, so shut the fuck up, Andy. Hey, you shut the, the fuck story, up. The story <laughs> isn't about Adolin protected a prostitute that Adeline. one time, and he's not. Adolin, uh, and he isn't a total doofus. Um, he's just mostly a doofus, but capable of showing some. But anyway, um, fuck you. <laughs> Kaladin sees the betrayal. He says, "Like I, we could just run off on our own. We'll be able to escape. No one will know we're gone. They'll assume we died in the battle." Um, Sil says, "Like." Go back and save him because you know it won't sit right with you. He realizes she's right. He speak decides the words. to speak the words. He does the second ideal of uh, his order. Um, I will protect those who can't protect themselves. Um, and then he gets to pop off and he just murders Parking <laughs> people. Just starts murking all the Parshendi. He just pops the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he goes hard. <laughs> yep, he works with his team to set the bridge. Um, Dalinar and his crew see that the single bridge crew has come back. This is like they've taken heavy losses. They thought they were all going to die. Uh, we had a very passionate speech from Dalinar saying, like, I want to live my life my way with honor. Um, fuck Sadius. And uh, let's go remember some Barshendi. He gives a speech. Oh, wait, we might be able to live. So they do a very harried maneuver in order to get out with as many people as possible. Um, meanwhile, Kaladin is just murdering his way through. He reaches the Alethi army. He takes command from these lighthead bitches who are um, reeling from uh, getting their ship pushed in. Um, 
he goes and saves uh, Dalinar himself, who's a shard bear, um, gets him off the island. Um, and Dalinar's like, what? This dark-eyed person fucking kicked ass. Do you want to work for me? <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, well, I can't do that because I'm property of Sadius. So um, that'd be great if I... That guy. <laughs> and then it'd be me. great... Yeah, it'd be great if I wasn't. And, and Dalinar's like, don't even worry, Holmes. I Bro, got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. You don't even know, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I so got you on this. And Calvin's like, yeah, well, I'll fucking see. I'll trust you this one time. <laughs> and uh, so they get back. Dalinar tells Sadius off for betraying him. Um, and. Uh, essentially buys the Bridgman's freedom with his shard blade. Um, this is no, this is something that is worth like multiple cities, and he trades it for the lives of a thousand slaves. Um, pretty sick deal for Dalinar, in my opinion, because the one guy is magic, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> um, so everybody else around him is like, "You're a fucking moron," but that's gonna be for book two. Oh, he's got a wizard, Harry. (laughs) They don't know. They don't know he's magic. Um, This motherfucker could just suck in power. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Pass that bitch, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Calden's completely amazed that he would trade uh, this thing that wars and like kingdoms have been lost over. Um, He still thinks it's a, a gimmick. Can't believe it. Um, he's waiting for he's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, meanwhile, Dalinar tells the king, "Hey, you're a punk ass bitch for doing this shit. <laughs> this shit that you were pulling off earlier in the book. That scene is so I'm good. Fucking your mom. Yeah, that scene is so fucking good. I was like, oh my god, I'm so hyped for this guy now. He's <laughs> like, now, I own boy. these guards. They're not gonna do shit. Yeah, I was like, this is so hype." It's a really, it's a really powerful scene, and then, and then, like, I his mic drop is by the way, I'm fucking your mom now, and then he walks yeah, out. So <laughs> uh, um, God, I love that scene. He's like bitch then, slaps him around. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dalinar and Kaladin have a talk. They agree to work together for the time being. Uh, Kaladin essentially goes from being a slave to being as powerful, being more powerful than many lives. Um. It's a cat and... out of it. Yeah, they have a really good agreement for Kaladin, at least. Yeah. Or actually, for both parties. It yeah. benefits both parties to have that that way. I mean, yeah, they're still in an army, potentially going to die. Yeah. Um, but not bad, considering where they were before at the beginning yeah. of the book and how miserable it felt at the beginning of the book. For all um, no armor. Yeah. Um, and then Shalon's on the other side of the world, realizing that uh, her teacher, Yesna, uh, can use magic without a wand. Um, and that's kind of the end of the book. Oh, that was, by the that way, was I was never excited about her parts either. That's why, like, part four was great because there was like no Shalon at all in it. Exactly. And then there was, like, the two chapters like, oh, in the finally. Part five. This is yeah, where it was like one chapter was Dalinar, then Kaladin, then yeah. I don't even know her name. I hated those chapters so much. I was just like, I don't think they're bad. I think they just tell like story elements that kind of like part of the world building, right? It's gonna like out. it's something that's gonna like probably pay off. Yeah, it's gonna later in books two yeah. and three. But like for right now, it's just like, oh my god, I hate her. Kind of like how Dalinar dry. in the beginning. Dalinar in the yeah, beginning. Dude, like, every oh, time it was on, da- Dalinar's parts, I was like, okay, come on, 
So I want to know what happens to Kaladin. Yeah, <laughs> really kind of pops off at the end of the book as well. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, uh, the king that everybody thought was a simpleton is actually uh, just fucking murdering people trying to get them to say magic death words. Yes. I forgot about it. Yeah. I was like, wait, what is going on right now? Right. He paid, and he's been having an assassin go around killing other nations' kings. Yeah. Uh, just, oh, oopsie doodles, watch what happens next, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And Zeph, good. Son, right. son, Villano. Truth so, of Shinovar. Of Shinovar. He's just Dude, like, yeah. like, please, just, I don't want to do this anymore, but you have my fucking orb. Yeah, and then we see Seth's son, son, Villano, Truth of Shinovar, uh, get sent to go kill Dalinar. Um, and then setting up the stakes team. for the next book. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, it was great. Bro. Like, the last half of this book is just high fucking speed. Fantastic. wild. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like, I mean, like that, that everyone's starting to bloom kind of thing as characters. Yeah. We sort of see this dead magic come back into the world and it's just kind of slowly creeping in there, getting a little bit more, getting a little bit more. And it's like, oh, at the end, we like have about a Herald it, show up. Yeah, we do have a Herald show up. Um, I don't know if they say that, though, in this no. book. No, yeah, they call him a Herald. Dude, you know what I thought was really cool? Who? Just like. That kind of uh, the crazy the man, uh, the crazy homeless guy that walked that in. That last chapter with Wit, when he's talking to the guards at the gate. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying, uh, Nate? Uh, oh, what kind of like took me for a little bit of a loop, or like a, oh shit. Um, like, I, I can't wait to kind of explore it more, was when the Parshenti shield, shield guy like stands over Dalinar like after he kind of doesn't really I don't know he kind of defeats him the shard bear yeah. yeah and he just stands over and he goes oh it's you and then Dalinar realizes it's the voice from his visions I was like wait what <laughs> I don't think it's the voice from his visions yeah, it's not the voice from his it, visions I thought it was he's he's no. he's not all like Dalinar is getting his shit kicked he's in getting, getting his shit he's, he's, he's yeah. like not really oh. all there well that's how I I perceive that i thought it was like so he's not even sure because like kaladin's using stormlight like left and right to do shit and he's not really like registering this because he's just like so out of it he's gotten hit in the head too yeah. many times he's getting knocked around a lot he's getting his ass beat yeah. pretty hard and that's it says that the voice from the visions is uh the almighty yeah um and he's dead yeah but you know that, that, that how, last how big of a mind fuck is that when you like receive a message from god and it's like, hey, I'm God. By the way, I'm dead. Could you like maybe save the world a little bit? I don't know. It's like that's a that's a tall Please. order, sir. It's a big torch to bear, guy. Yeah, dude. When Kaladin though, like started popping off, like like when he fucking catches all those arrows arrows in his shield. Like I just think of that scene of Leonidas in 300 when he's like about to die, and all those arrows are just like blacking out the sun and i'm just like bro if that was kaladin right now he'd just be like <laughs> like I yeah just but he had like so cool he like yeah they were like sticking into his fucking arm, arm and yeah. shit yeah. but hey he fucking stopped him yeah and the then he had a little flashback and then he comes back into the present dude yeah. and then he like leaps across the chasm into a group of them and then like dude right when the book was like and he um and he like leaps into him and blah blah, blah and he goes right into the Parshenti with the gems in their beard. I was like, 
oh shit yeah unlimited power <laughs> like that was so fucking crazy oh that whole fucking scene dude where he's just and, and i like how there's like almost like a physical bringing in of the power like he's constantly like like yeah. sucking the power in from the world yeah and from these gems and all that stuff like i really love that like and they start catching just, hey, on I'm strong yeah and they like they start yeah. catching on like let's get these things out of here yeah, they're just like, fuck me. All this fucking bedazzling and my beard's not paying off right now. <laughs> but uh, to go back to what we were saying about the Herald, it does identify him as the uh, Herald of the Almighty. Oh, does it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe I well, was just fucking lost. I was getting pretty tired by the end of the, the last chapter. It was like 2 a.m. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you were like, you had yeah, like 100 pages to go like at 11. Yeah, and I was all hyped from like, the whole fight scene and everything. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Juice. yeah, once so it like, started slowing down again, slowing down, I was like, ah. it's a very big emotional high. You like, yeah. get a lot of adrenaline yeah. from like yeah. just reading that passage. I was like, fucking no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck and then it, even like, stuck in some storyline where I'm done. <laughs> yeah. When Dalinar confronts Elikar and I was like, this guy is a, this guy's the champ. And I like it. He's like, you know what? I'm I'm not really good at politicking. I was like, yeah, obviously the first half of the book was garbage with you. <laughs> and he's like, just make me the high prince of war. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> My dick is hard. And like just his revelation of like, that's not what those visions were telling me. The visions were telling me that I need to like like these people are children and I need to guide them and show them like honor as opposed to like just behaving a certain way. Little authoritarian, but I get it. I do what you yeah, gotta do. I mean, yeah. gotta avoid I the mean, apocalypse. We're also in war, and you're, they're fighting wars within themselves. It's like after a certain point, like someone's got to butch up and do something about it. I mean, we see that from when he talks to uh, the guy who wrote the Way of Kings, um, mm, where yeah. he's just like, "Read a book. What the fuck? It's time for the sword, motherfucker." <laughs> and then. <laughs> And he's like, "What? You you're supposed to write the book." And he's like, "Oh, I see now." Um, you did this that's, before the book. <laughs> he yeah he was after he created a level playing field. Then the book works, yeah. but until you're able to actually establish this, um, you know, you're gonna take away these children's games. And it's like some real big dick energy going on in that last <laughs> little bit there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just like, great. Like, I think that they set up Dalinar as being like, yeah, he's kind of a simpleton who's like trying to be better because he was drunk when his brother died um, and just kind of passed out. Um, and he's like trying to be better, but he doesn't quite get all of the fucking points, like sort of circular games that everybody wants to play yeah. around him. Well, I mean, and he's just very sure. Before, before that, like, wasn't he? Like, it wasn't just that he was drunk that night when his brother died, but, like, it was pretty much known for just being either a drunkard or yeah. really fucking good at killing. I mean, small spoiler, his wife had died or something like that, and he was, like, and he turned into, like, alcohol for dependency. Um, which is understandable. Yeah, so like, happens to a lot yeah of which is understandable. Yeah. yeah, happens to a lot of people. Very human trait. Uh, what I like about a lot of these characters is that they feel very human. Um, even though Dalinar is very stiff, it's it's very identifiable how one could become this stiff um oh, also, and so fucking hmm? kaladin's kind of human moment like right before he goes all fucking big dick energy super saiyan 
Yeah, he like has that remembrance uh, of his brother dying. Tien? And then he kind of like comes yeah. out of it and he's like, it's almost like a like never again kind of moment, you know, and he just fucking. Yeah. Goes so fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are I... those are the parts of books like this, like I, I really strive for is like those get to those like crescendos. The, those huge moments like for these characters that you you know throughout the book like i really enjoyed kaladin i liked his story i liked his build-up and i kept going like where is this going to lead to like okay what is this leading to and then at the end where he's just like talking to teft and he's like starting to realize like oh shit like how long have i been doing this kind of shit with these powers it's like i've always been at the front of the bridge but it's never hit me with any arrows and shit yeah he's like how long have i been fucking saving myself and people around me by deflecting these things with these powers and then like um and then just that huge moment where he's like all right you know what i'm fucking powerful so let's suck in this world energy and fucking beat some (laughs) carapace skin motherfuckers to death (laughs) yeah like his his character just is cool the entire fucking book i loved his character calden you think he's cool the whole book when he's the wretch yeah when he's about to kill himself yeah 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 even like a swan dive off a cliff there yeah he's still he's still cool cool's cool bro badass killing yourself killing yourself is cool nate 2020 (laughs) (laughs) that's not what i'm saying i'm saying what you're saying his whole character is is likable the entire series you know like you feel for him the entire series unlike down was kind of like a meh i think you're able to empathize with him yeah, yeah i don't th- i don't know if he's i don't know if he's cool i think he's he was enjoyable. He's own... it was enjoyable reading his growth you son of a bitch yeah that's fine <laughs> i think i think it's important to talk about it in the correct but when way i say that, that you say oh fucking nate likes people killing themselves well, did, yeah, because you aren't. Cool. You did use the word "cool." It seems very weird to say that he's he's cool the whole time when, instead of. Oh yeah, you know, but you know what? When he was standing and about to leap himself off, man, that really whomped. Well, I think it's fair to say that Kaladin is very emotionally vulnerable throughout this whole book. He yeah. is very uncomfortable with exposing himself and opening himself up to other people because every single time he's done it, people have died. Yeah, I didn't realize that was cool, Nate. But he's a cool character. You you want to see yeah, his character no. progress. That's yeah, like what's jazz, cool about it. Rock stars and killing yourself. All equally cool. I mean, they, they go <laughs> kind of hand in hand. <laughs> Fuck you and your fucking little semantics. It's not semantics. I think he's it's cool. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think you can put it as one as one word like that. Like I think. S- Sadius could be considered cool, even though we kind of hate him, because socially he like is cool. sort of like this ideal lethy man. He's got a lot of bravado. He goes around, but he I ain't got no say... shard blade though. Yes, he does. Well, he now. does yeah, now. Now. Well, now. He does. And he traded it so well. He just dresses so well. He traded it for a thousand slaves. He got a great deal. Um, yeah. I just think I think it's more. I think. I don't think Kaladin is cool. I think he. I'm not is... saying Kaladin is cool. I'm just saying. No, you literally said Kaladin. You literally cool. said. You literally cool. said that. Yeah. Well, fuck you guys. What I'm trying to relay is. I, I think he's our emotional core most. of the story, and yeah. I think that's where it resonates. Listen, 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 
I'm a you know fucking what a dog simp. pile is. <laughs> okay. Where, what was that? Calden's character was cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> Glad we got there at the end. This is the hill to die on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For both sides. <laughs> Listen, I just think that there's more to say than, you know, Calvin's pretty cool because he's just like a distraught, emotional wreck the whole series. Like, uh, it sounds Loki's, cool. Loki spoilers. Amram shows up in the next book. Um, and that's going to be a big point. Why are you fucking ruin here. this shit? What is Listen, wrong with you? This, you is, this is something that you like Andy right now. do from foreshadowing. Thanks, this is nothing big. <laughs> is his character cool too? Well, you'll He's, have to find that out. It's very weird. Just read the book. Hey, yeah. I don't need any more spoilers, Andy. I don't need to know if it's weird or yeah. anything. I think, it's, I think it's... I don't... I don't ever get cool from Kaladin, I guess. I think he is very noble, very oh. interesting, very noble, very honorable. Uh, kind of like, you obviously. know, how he has that. Obviously, well, I think. I, I guess, so what I was trying to defer is I didn't mean like Kaladin. He's cool. Like the fun like, school? Was, yeah, Dlea, I wasn't <laughs> trying to use it as like a descriptive word, just like how his character was likable throughout the entire series. Like you wanted to see. You rooted what for happened him. next. You well, you, you were some, looking I, forward to his next chapter at yeah. the end of his chapter. Yeah, but like yep. look at all those words that you're able to express how you feel about him versus just using the word cool. That's all I'm advocating for here. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me <laughs> change the dials on my fucking brain. <laughs> well, now that we've all been dicks to each other. <laughs> um, let's uh, sum up. This book is fantastic. The series is fantastic. A little rough in the first part. I think it really yeah. starts, really picks up. That's where but, I set um, it up before we started reading. I'm yeah. like, the first three quarters of this, this book is going to be a bit of a slog. I didn't uh, really but... have that issue with it yeah, in, in terms of it being a slog. Like, you just start reading. It's like, okay, I want to know what's going to keep going, so I keep going. It's not I mean, really a slog. That wasn't for me. It was like the first third of the book was like, oh, okay. But you said that you didn't actually read the first No, no, no. It was an audio book. Yeah, that's the but thing. Even, the audiobook no, no, no. definitely... But, but even in the audiobook, it picked up later on. Because I still listen to the audiobook even in these in, in this part of um, the review. Because I would do some on, at work. I would listen to the audiobook, and then yeah. on my idle time... You had to I keep would, switching. I would read it. So like I would finish a chapter in one, and then go back and forth. Um, and even in the audiobook, besides the narrator, the story was more interest, like interesting for me. Yeah, I don't know. So my experience with this book was... Is like, I found the whole wretch, like the first time I read it, I found like the whole stuff with it, with Kaladin be a wretch. And it's like, this is kind of a giant downer, dude. Yeah, a lot uh, of self loathing, and you're like, oh, a lot of self loathing. And all my, all my characters are kind of, sh kind of in shitty places. And it yeah. kind of makes me feel a little bit like shit. Um, and then it wasn't until like this part four, part five part where everybody pops off, where I was like, oh, like, but like, all the little world building elements are like, this is very interesting. Ooh, this is interesting. And then like and then like um the sort of ending part was like, oh, I'm happy to be here now. I yes. I, I understand that I had to go all through all of this sort of sad stuff in order to be happy here. Mm -hmm. And I th I think that's just like like, hey man, like if I'm gonna recommend this book, this first book can be a little slow, 
Um, and it finishes off strong. Like it finishes off really yeah. strong and it sent me right into the next book. I was super excited for it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I think it, dude, I think this book finished off super strong. Yeah. Like yeah. it really built all these characters up and you're like, I really want to read the second book. Like I could totally mm-hmm. understand when Andy was like, I'm already on book two because once you get to like towards the, I, I, I mean, I even the, liked, the, I like the, the Herald shows up and he's like of, a desolation's coming. It's like, what the fuck? I need to get to the next part. Yeah. We knew a desolation was coming. I was kind of like the yeah, everstorm comes been having. Yeah, yeah. But when a yeah. Herald shows up, these things that people thought are just long gone. Yeah. But like, like off, I'm sorry. What's his name? Cal Kal- a radiant ish person. So you're like, all right, things are happening. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the Dalinar is having visions too. And they pr- like prove that their visions and not like him becoming a madman. We got two soul casters who can soul cast without actually having to use a soul caster. Yeah. And they, they just happen to meet. Like, what are the odds of these two people in the whole world that can Fate. do this very unique thing? Yeah. So like just that buildup is like, definitely chugging along yeah well yeah i do kind of want to take a minute to defend like the shalon and uh yes the parts she like, definitely she definitely redeems herself in book two or part the second part yeah, yeah well i mean even at the end of the book like i liked her more because she just became like that assertive person that you kind of always seen that's under there yeah like, like, she she gains this big bout of confidence yeah um in up. the yeah, she's opening up. She's like not the afraid little girl. And I think like the parts that you don't really like about Shalon are just kind of like, well, because I wouldn't like talking to a pr- pampered little girl either. Um, to draw, like in my yeah, yeah I, get, like, I get it. You like art. I don't need the. I need. I don't need more pages about art. But I think you. all. I, I don't even think necessarily like just her character parts are important for setting up her later character parts. I think that they're important for sort of establishing a dynamic between, okay, we see what one sort of civilization's like that's very war-heavy, sort of centric, and now we get this other part of the world, um, and we see how these things line up and act in accordance. Um, so I think it's like very vital world-building that they exist. Um, I definitely agree with that. I think that's their purpose, at least in this book, for most of it. Yeah. Yeah, as, as well as to cover... Uh, the this other side of uh mm-hmm. yeah the the like spren bond thing and the being able to soul cast without a thing yeah so i think for world building i think her characters the whole story arc with her and jasna and all that's like crucial very important yeah to have that understanding because right because women are the the educated i guess in a way compared yeah. to the men the so like the that, that side of the the culture is important to explore yeah, because you aren't. It isn't all just about kings and generals. There's civil servants, you know, yeah. you medical facilities, libraries. And yeah, there's so much world building done with through those lenses. Teaches you a lot about religion. That mm-hmm. having like having Dalinar explain Ardentia parts, like in the middle of his part, wouldn't really make any sense. Yeah. I think it's we get to offload kind of some of these world building tasks to them. Um, and but I do think we see like real strong character development. I think Yasna is probably my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the whole series. Um, as a personality, I love her. Yeah. Yeah, as a personality, <laughs> I like this bitch is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is fantastic. She is. I'm like, <laughs> she fucking just mercs those dudes in the street. Yeah, she just like stereo like like a female like 
role like ah oh, that's one of my favorite types of uh, female roles. you, you do like wrote. cunt <laughs> yeah like just this alpha cunt like yeah i fuck with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's great yeah and then like as characters her and like uh shaylin like they bond now they have like these skills and stuff and they're like at the end of the book it's great i think it's a great way to end the book because now they have like they see things together at in the same lines and they have uh, secrets they can only share with each other and no one else really at this yeah. moment. And like the, a special bonding moment that, uh, yeah. That yeah. Really, yeah. Like, like, she just realized like, wait, all these things that I've been keeping to myself, like I can now share yeah. this. I can now share it. Yeah. I don't have to hide it. Um, I can get fresh pairs I, of eyes on things. Well, I think for her character as just a character herself, like being in that, like isolation is probably terrible for years and years and years. And like having this outlet, as a character you're going to see in the next book as a yeah. lot of growth in that regard. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I do want to talk about? Which mm -hmm. was, it's, it's a cool aspect, but I want to understand it more is like the spread. Cause like towards the end, it almost got weird. Cause like, he was like on once they were about to like actually retreat when, Kaladin comes and you know helps them and they get across a bridge like a lot of Dalinar soldiers laying on the ground and the, it mentions like anticipation spread or something like that and I was just like they're anxious yeah but like yeah so the fact that even like the small little emotions like that have like actual spread yeah there's of, it was odd to me I, I can understand they like, mention in the earlier parts of the book they mention yeah. It's well, just, they mentioned it's, fear, it's still a weird anticipation. Concept. They mentioned fear, anticipation, yeah. uh, death, rot, rot, anger. Um, there's a, like a bunch of different emotional ones, and so it's like one of those things where, like, what is it like to like be a kid? Um, and like you can't tell a lie because like lie spread like will appear and like give away your lie. Um, it's sort of like a very weird society thing that. Like it, it's it looks weirder to us because it doesn't exist for us, but it's something that these people are definitely aware of because they see it around. It feels like a very natural thing that happens in the world. Um, but yeah, there's just there's like I think one of the things that they try to express in the book is that spread usually appear when change is happening. Um, so like when people have like very strong emotions, like they're experiencing something. Um, like they get that anticipation, then you'll see the spread come. Um, if they win a battle, they'll see glory spread like um, pop up above their heads for a little bit because they're the like emotional change from like I'm gonna die to fuck yeah I'm not dead. Um, the, you know like it's that sort of it's that change in energy states that I think cause spread to appear one of the things that they try and say with soul casting is that you're trying you're trying to use the stormlight to convince an object to become a different object um and so it's and by do, by changing one of those glass beads with the stormlight um and to change it to something else like you're it's like this energy thing and that's where the spread come in is they're like agents of change hmm. it's weird so we're gonna explore it more. Yeah, yeah there's I, Burger kind of got a little bit into two. book two there. No, I'm With talking the, about the, when she changed the crystal thing. 
And she convinces to go to Shadesmar by using Stormlight. It's there. But they Good sort of book. reinforce Hammered in, talk really about it Really cool too. book. Yeah, cool. is it really cool? Cool book, bro. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. This book is so cool. Is this cool. Does this book fuck oh me? Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of Fonzarelli, it's totally off topic. I had a sandwich shop yesterday, ordered a sandwich. He says, what's the name for the order? I said, Fonzarelli. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm just kidding. He goes, no, I'm going to fucking try to spell it. I was like, all right, man. Calls my name, gives me a receipt. And he was like, like this? And it says Fonz space Sorelli. And I was like, bro, I just have my new alter ego. <laughs> Fonz Sorelli. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. So well, the book was great. We're going to we're gonna we'll do great book news. two next. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's two. what we all agreed on. Yep. What was the title of the book, too? Ways of Radiance, or words of words radiance. of radiance. Yeah. Words, words of radiance. And the third book is the last Dark argument pages. of kings. How, how big is the the second book? About the same uh, size. It's a little bit longer. It's a little. It's a little bit longer, but it's about the same size. More than a thousand pages. We'll just go with that. All right. Committed to two weeks, or we uh, breaking into two parts. I'm okay Let's... with doing it. Doing the whole book. I'm already more than halfway through with it. Chris? Oh, no. We'll try. We'll see what happens. All right. Get as far as you can. Well, that doesn't sound cool. Okay, here's the Maybe. question. If you aren't able to finish it, Chris, do you mind if if we have, if we, you know, reveal spoilers or are you going to be like, let's let's split it? No, we'll we'll just go to where they got to and we'll figure it out then. It'll be fine. Chris, Chris is going to be so engrossed in the second book um, with all the stuff that's going to happen with our characters, even our new characters. You're really selling it right now. He's going to be so engrossed. Listen, you just got like so mad narrator. that I just mentioned... Just like that you narrator. Got, you sound just like the you narrator, got, yeah. <laughs> you got mad that I mentioned that Amram is going to show up, even though they said that he was going to show up in the book because they said Amram is on the way to the Shattered Plains. Some new shit. I'm just, I like to po- point out Andy-type behavior. Yeah, that's fine. But I, this isn't actually a spoiler. Like it was, it's it's a non-spoiler spoiler, but whatever. I mean, obviously Amram's going to show up because Kaladin is the guy's still alive, right? Right. So and like, they said that Amram is coming to the Shattered yeah, Plains they, in the book. So, like, it just makes sense for like a character development arc. Like, he's got to face Amram eventually. Yeah. Right. Like, it's going to happen. Part of the hero's journey, in a sense. We all know that shard bears come to the shattered plains. Yep, they belong. Cool. Let's uh, let's call it there. Um, thank you. All right, for bye. Listening. Click. Fucking yeah, that's bye, exactly everybody. how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Annyeong. Bye. Have a wonderful time.